Harvey Feierstein, and you're listening to Four Finger Discount, Australia's favorite Simpsons-based podcast. Homer, affordable tract housing made us neighbors, but you made us friends. And Ned Flanders, the richest left-handed man in town. Everybody! Race guys are gonna clear up! Stick out that noble chin! Wipe off that full of that look. Slap on a happy grin. Four Finger Discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount, proudly brought to you by the Simpsons quotes that nobody gets anymore Facebook page and nohomers.net. And Jake Waterworth today providing that fantastic impression of Harvey Firestein. Thank you, sir. I've spoken before I was introduced. I've never done this before. Yeah. <laughs> I said before we introduce our friend Jake Waterworth at the start of the show for that lovely impersonation he sent in. Mm-hmm. And I figured, wait, he's more important than us. Yeah. No, Everyone knows I'm and you're Mitch anyway. Well, let's hope so by this point in time. But unless you're new listeners who have found us from the great trolling of 2016. Are we going to talk about that straight away? Do you know who we're not brought to you by? Channel 7. <laughs> <laughs> no. 7 News are distancing themselves. Uh, they're pretty much... 7 News were the only news outlet that didn't report on what happened. <laughs> the thing is, right now, people have been getting angry at us saying that we stole the ideas. We never once said that we came up with the idea of trolling the stations. No, no, of course not. We merely had fans sending us pictures. We had a couple come in. We made one or two, or you you got some co-workers to do one or two. My my mate Matt from work. We shared them, and it just took off. That was all. And news outlets said, oh, obviously must have liked our page already, and they saw it, and they reported about it. Our page was where it was going. Like Everyone kept sending them in, and we just shared a few. And then all these other places were saying, oh, you're stealing our idea, you're stealing our credit for our work. And I said, well, d- we didn't say we started it. No. Triple M started it, not us. Yeah. But hey, we're not going to complain, are we? Well, we're going to take all the credit in the world. <laughs> we were but on. thank you to all you mad bastards out there that yeah. sent them through. We trended on Google last night, people. We, we trended. I went on to Google. First thing that came up was Four Finger Discounts website. We have been on Funny or Die. We've been on The Daily Dot. We've been on The Age in Melbourne. Fairfax News. The Daily Mail. The Daily Mail. Sydney Morning Herald. I didn't know about those ones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These are actual newspapers. NME. Um, Canadian's most popular news website. C... See something? I don't know. CNC or something? something CBC, about CBC, I think it is. Uh, MNE or NME? Yeah, MNE? yeah, yeah. <laughs> something like that over in... Yeah. It was phenomenal. But if you don't know what's happened, so basically Dando... Well, we were sent a message that Dando shared of someone talking to Channel 7 News in Australia saying, I've got this um, footage of a man loitering outside my college, stealing wallets off people. They said, fantastic. Please send the footage through. Sent through a photo of Snake with the caption, he calls himself the wallet inspector. Hilarious. Fantastic. Really, really funny. Then, so you say to someone, oh, I wonder if that's a fluke. Let's let's see if we can get them to take the bait again. Say so, hey, Channel 7 got footage of a holdup. Please send it through. Snake holding up a poop. Boom. The, the same seven news page that fell for the it. The exact same page. <laughs> Kept falling for it again and again and again. And then ultimately, they started to go to more local areas of seven news. And then when seven caught on, they went to channel nine and then to channel 10. And then at about the time in Australia where we were all falling asleep, the rest of the world caught on and we got flooded with messages coming from Denver, Colorado. We got CBS, uh, CBS was done. NBC was done. Some of the big networks over in the UK were done. We got contacted by Fox News. Yeah. It was was crazy. Fucking awesome. Yeah. Is what it was. But I'm going to forewarn the shout outs outside of everyone that took part in this are a little light this week because our inbox has exploded. Our response rate that we we prided ourselves on so much (laughs) in season one, gone. (laughs) We're getting, it's probably been 40 or 50 coming in. At its peak, I reckon there's about 40 an hour that were coming through the inbox. Four hours. So there's there's so much unread and so much we're still trying to catch up on. You can, if you haven't seen any of the trolls, by the way, you're just sort of catching up on the news now. You can go to our website, fourfingerdiscount.com.au. It's one of the latest articles. Basically, we didn't want to keep filling everyone's news feeds on Facebook with all these pictures. They were hilarious for a day or two. Then it got a bit, you know, eh, it's not as funny anymore, but we still wanted people to get involved. It's like the B-Sharps. Yes. So we created a page on our website. You can just find, I think it's called the Best Simpsons Trolls That We Didn't Share. Yep. And we just whack them all in there. Yep. So if you list, If you are listening to this for the first time because you found us through those trolls, thank you very much. Welcome aboard. This is what we actually do. Yeah, welcome. This is, this is the whole reason Four Finger Discount exists is because of this podcast. Yeah. And we use all these articles to help boost the podcast. Exactly. And we are here today to talk about 
uh, what, what are we, are we for? episode three of season three when Flanders failed? Yes, so I'm I'm glad we finally mentioned that. We've yeah. been going for six <laughs> minutes. <laughs> yeah, but well, it's been a big news week. Oh, it has been, and it deserved to be mentioned. We couldn't not get straight into that. That's probably our peak. I think we've hit our peak. Are we going to get more? Are so we going to trend more? We trended on Google. If you typed the, you know, two days ago, if you typed the Simpsons into Google, we were on the first page. Were we finally before the Simpsons? Because <laughs> no, that's been our long-standing yeah. dream. That will never, never happen. But, you know, thanks, as we said, thanks everybody who got involved. We're not going to keep posting them on the Facebook page. We'll just go to the website, fourfingerdiscount.com.au if you want to check it out. And if you haven't liked us on Facebook yet, make sure you do so. Facebook.com slash fourfingerdiscount. Also, Twitter. Yes, at fourfingerpod is our Twitter handle. And uh, that's also been going a little bit silly over the last couple of weeks. Yes. Uh, or last few days, I mean, because of all of this that's been happening within the last week. I love the fact that people did it to Fox News, by the way. I love it that it was Fox <laughs> and they property. Fell for it. Yeah, exactly. Oh god, it was so good. But I've got the challenges. I, I tried to do this to a station, it didn't work. So I'm laying out a challenge now to get like a meta troll happening. So the first one that I attempted was to send them through a message going, "Jesus, that got a little bit out of hand." Sorry, guys. Uh, look, I, you know, one of the co-hosts of Four Finger Discount. I sent this to Seven News because they were the the prime target. And if you'd like to turn it into a positive story about the power of social media, Dando and I would love to have an interview. Please, you know, let us know. If they were going to send back a message saying, yep, that'd be fantastic, I was going to send through a photo of Bill and Marty saying, excellent, here's a photo of us that you can use for the story. So, <laughs> boom, you know, it's like little olive branch. You just reach it out and then whack, right across the ears. <laughs> did they ever see it? Like, did it say seen by them? I didn't pay any attention. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I would be very disappointed if they read it and didn't reply. Yeah, that'd be upsetting. What I'm assuming is they just turned off their social media for the day. Probably. Like, Fuck this. We're <laughs> out. Guys, we're out. Yeah. <laughs> we're going home. Computer's off. Yes. The other one that I really want, though, and I haven't seen this done yet. Dollar redos? No, not dollar redos. Is you send through, because most news networks now are onto it. A lot of them are replying. Like, you'd send through a thing about how a man's been stuck in a water slide, and they go, oh, yeah, we'll get our reporter Kent Brockman down on the scene. So, everyone's trying to think that they'll outsmart the trolls. So, what you need to do is you send through a premise that is clearly Simpsons related. Like, you know, um, you know, I've got a human interest story, a buddy of mine, I think this is like, you know, a consumer affairs type thing. A buddy of mine was kicked out of an all-you-can-eat restaurant. He was still eating. He hadn't finished. The most blatant case of false advertising since the never-ending story. When they reply, being all smart arsey, going, oh, yeah, blah, 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 this is on The Simpsons, and then maybe they'll include a photo, that's when you send them back a photo of a real man being hauled out of a seafood restaurant. So you've got to recreate this with your friends, just with like this big plate of shrimp or something in front of them, and then go, this is a real man with real feelings, and you guys <laughs> are making fun. <laughs> this could be fun. This <laughs> could be, be fun. It'll be fantastic. <laughs> Let's not give away all our Because that'll, that'll absolutely fry them. Because they'll be sitting there going, huh, this is just another troll. But then you do that to them, and then they have to take the ball seriously the again. One again. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great idea. Why did, why did I think of that? <laughs> well, I have the ideas, man. Yes, that is correct. Now, as we said, we are here to review When Flanders Failed. So, I'm assuming we should probably get into the review. Let's do that. What did you remember about the episode before you went back and watched it? Not a whole hell of a lot. It's been a long time since I've watched this one, and it was one that didn't really stick out all that much uh, very strongly in my mind for anything. I completely forgot about Touch of Death and that whole subplot as being a part of this episode. I mean, obviously, I, I knew Touch of Death as being a thing. I just could never really connect when it happened. Yeah. And outside of that, outside like I obviously knew that Ned opened a store and that Homer was a jerk, and that was pretty much all I remembered of the episode. I remembered pretty much the whole concept of the episode, just not the bits that filled up the gaps in between. Like I remembered that Flanders opened a store... Homer knew that he could have helped him when the business was failing. He didn't. He went out of business and then he got everyone to help him again. Yeah. That's the overall concept of the show, I guess. The overall story of the show. Yeah. Still not that great. It's not a very eventful episode. I think it's probably one of the weaker ones of the season. Like looking ahead to, to what's coming up. No substance to it. No, not a whole hell of a lot. If anything, it fleshes out the character of Ned a little bit. Yeah. That, uh, that hasn't really been done before and we have for the first time a reason to be sympathetic towards Ned, which is probably important going forward in the show. Uh, it really shows Homer as being a massive jerk. They go overboard in this episode. I've wrote that in my notes. It's just they really try to emphasize that he's not a nice person. Like they, they make him a genuine, horrible human being. Yeah, and I know that they're doing that for then the reveal at the end or like the turnaround the where, payoff. He, where he saves the day, but I think they did push it too far. It, it was unpalatable for a long time throughout this episode. And it doesn't really make much sense after you watch this to think their relationship going forward... They were such good mates. Like, look, think of what Homer did for Flanders at the end of this episode mm. and how they embrace old crying. How can he go straight back into that Homer Flanders dynamic that we've come to know? 
Yeah, that's it just, true. It's just very jarring. You know, you just, it makes no sense how they can... They don't explain why Homer hates Flanders again. He just doesn't like him again. Yeah. Well, they never explain why he really hated him in the first place. Well, well, they don't have to. He's jealous. jealousy. He's jealousy, jealousy yeah. yeah. But he, he sort of turns a corner in this episode and then bang, next episode or whenever they I meet each other again. I guess he turns the corner more out of guilt than anything, though, rather than an acceptance of who Ned is. But it's Homer's fault. Like, one person didn't tell people around Springfield that the store is there. So, that's why the business went yeah, out. Yeah, but he also wished for it. So in, oh, of course. In his mind, he's cursed him. <laughs> it. It is, yeah, okay. You know that when I was a kid, this one episode did make me think that wishbones were a thing that could work. I can, for, I can see For that. a good couple of you, that is one long... Like, it just, I just had a flashback to it then, as much as I didn't really remember this. When I was like five or six for ages, whenever there was a chicken, I would pull on a wishbone, thinking about this episode, going, worked for Homer. Why won't it work for me? Hey, you're talking to the kid that thought it was okay to get a knife out of the kitchen <laughs> drawer. <laughs> I completely understand. Uh, the original air date was October 3rd, 1991. The chalkboard gag was nobody likes sunburn slappers. They certainly don't. Oh, man. I, you know, my highest score that I ever made in cricket coincided with the one of the worst sunburns that I've ever had in my life as a teenager. Because you couldn't get off the ground? Uh, no, no, no. It was the day before I went to the beach. Okay. So I was really badly burnt this whole day. Did really, really well. So everyone in my team... Just wanted mm. to keep patting me on the back. Holy hell. Not good? No, oh, man. Brutal. What would you rather, that or run, getting run out or whatever it was? <laughs> getting stumped. <laughs> no, I'd probably rather the sunburn. <laughs> <laughs> the chalkboard gag was, as you said, nobody likes sunburn, slappers, and the couch gag. A very memorable one, I thought. It's the family doing the Egyptian dance. I just mm. That one sticks out in my mind. Even though this episode doesn't really stick out in my mind, they must have used this in other episodes. Because I think they've used it a few times, yeah. I really remember this couch gag. So, a few facts about the episode before we get into the full review. The title, do you remember what the title is a play on? It's a play on the poem, In Flanders Fields. Yeah, I don't understand how that is. I, when Flanders uh, when Failed. When Flanders Failed, yeah, slightly. Very slightly. I don't know if that poem has any... Well, the word the fields ma- has every letter that failed has except for the A. Yeah, true. But, I mean, I don't know if the poem has any... I'm just wondering whether or not there's any thematic resemblance from the poem to the episode as well. Or if this is just one of those things that they've called it when Flanders failed and then like some literary genius has gone through, oh, there's a poem called In Flanders Fields and then decided afterwards that it was a play on words and the writers actually had no idea. I've actually got a question I wanted to ask you. Do you think they ever thought of a clever name for an episode and then wrote an episode around it? I hope so, because I do that with sitcoms all the time. Yeah. yeah. Such as, oh, should we get into this now? Or that, uh, Wait, let's save this for afterwards. I don't want to derail the conversation too yes. much, but stick around for later on. You can hear some of Mitch's failed sitcom attempts. And there's a f- another topic you want to mention later in the episode. Do you want to tease it now as well? Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking at the end of this episode about when movies or TV shows betray your trust. So that's a little bit of a tease for coming up after the review. Another fact, uh, many there were many animation glitches in this, because apparently there were new animators getting trained in Korea. Yeah, this was getting yeah fresh meat. Yeah, now but some of them still made the episode and you can I was watching it and I'm thinking what well, doesn't look too good like the, the the lines of the outside of the characters and whatnot look very yeah. thin so it was less glitchy about say you know it wasn't like background changed or something like that like the really bad ones they said they, they fixed up back in the states no blacksmithers or anything yeah but there was a lot as you just said like characters just not quite drawn the right way now was this for some reason in my head this was the episode that had the no neck Flanders when he's doing the okay but I can't. No, that I wasn't didn't this one. Didn't see it in this. Though. No, that was later. For some reason, I always put that with this episode. Right. When I saw all the animation glitches, I thought, "Oh, it must be this one." But yeah, I was just wondering whether you saw it and I missed it. No, I didn't spot that. Another fact being that it is the storyline is actually based on a friend of George Meyer, who's a writer for the show, or back then he was. Mm-hmm. Um, this is exactly what happened to him. He opened up a left-handed store and it just quickly went out of business. Yeah. Well, of course it would because yeah. you're alienating half of the world straight away. I was thinking about this. But if you're is half have the world left-handed? Or is it just... I think it's like 49%, 48% okay. yeah, yeah, or something yeah, yeah, yeah. along those lines. Maybe it's less. I have no idea. But I think what you would need to do is open just a general knick-knack store and also have a left-handed section within the store. Yeah, that's a good so idea. So that way, a right-handed man can also buy a can opener. Because don't left-handed people usually just adapt to using right-handed things? I think so. I assume that's how they live. A good friend of mine, Tom, who listens to the show, he's left-handed. Maybe, Tom, if you want to send an email in, let me let us know about the travails of left-handed life. Like, if there are left-handed listeners out there, we'd love to hear from you. What is the one thing missing from your life that you wish was left-handed? Yeah. What's the one thing you've had to adapt to because that is a very stubborn and will not make it a left-handed utensil? Mm. Okay, so, and final uh, fact I've got here is the second appearance of Akira as the karate instructor. Karate instructor is moved up in the world from being a waiter. The episode starts off with Homer using what we call a whippersnipper here. So mm-hmm. you go along the edge of the weeds. He's trying yep. to mow the lawn with it, and it's just not working at all. But 
the funny thing is that he's using Flanders property. Yeah. Well, is this the first time I've seen the Homer using Flanders thing? I don't think so. I think there have been a few references to it in the past. Homer versus Lisa in the Eighth Commandment. Is there a bunch of stuff in there that Possibly. Flanders comes over? I'm sure there's listeners out there right now saying, I'm going to email them <laughs> and tell them this. By the way, our new email is mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. We finally have it done. It's official now. Yeah. So if you want to send some questions, mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. If you want to correct us on anything, you just want to contact us, mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. We highly advise using that email because, as we said, our Facebook uh, messages... It's been just, hijacked. It's just too hard to find questions now, guys. It's just crazy. Alrighty, so moving along. So Flanders invites Homer to the barbecue. Is it just? It's, not, it's a friend barbecue, not a family barbecue, isn't it? Just yeah, just a big barbecue, big bash. Now you mentioned you want to have a barbecue soon too, don't you? I am going you just to got throw. A smoker. I just got a, a Texas style offset smoker, and I've invited you around on Good Friday to be as blasphemous as possible yes. by smoking as many different meats as we can. I, well, I paid for fifty dollars for that smoker, so I deserve some. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so then he, the family are around the kitchen table and they're reading the invitational card. From here, you can really see Homer is going to be the antagonist of the episode, can't you? Yeah. Just the way he's reacting to the card, it's not really justifiable. He's just being, he's critiquing it for the sake of critiquing it, just being a renasso. Just really. being, yeah, just trying to cut down Ned because he doesn't like him. And really, how could anyone hate a man who has a barbecue named Propane Elaine? <laughs> One of the great barbecue names of all time. Why can't you just call it what it is? Yeah. <laughs> So, um, Mars suggests that he be more supportive and Homer just snaps back at it. Thanks a lot, Marge. You really put me in my place. Oh, Homer. Don't get me wrong. It's worth feeling three inches tall to find out what kind of a person you really are. Marge Simpson, president of the international We Love Flanders fan club. And this is where I've written here that Homer just comes across really childish from the get-go. And as we said before, it just... It's not granted. Like, it's just... It, they went really over the top to make you... Do you reckon they wanted to dislike Homer? Or do you reckon they just wanted to portray him as a not a nice person? I don't think they would have ever wanted you to dislike Homer because you know shows like The Sopranos and Breaking Bad were a long way away. I don't think you any show wanted you to hate one of their protagonists, but I think it got very close to making you do that. There was one scene in particular where he was just being an abs- oh when he was buying the furniture off of Flanders and he, mm. he was just offering him twenty dollars haggling for, for it. Yeah, and I was like, I wrote here, Homer is being a terrible human being. Yeah. Like taking I, advantage of someone else's misery. So then Homer decides that he's not going to go to the barbecue and Marge says he's got some important work to do at the plant, cuts to Homer asleep on the couch or yep. laying down on the couch. What's the best excuse you've ever made for getting out of a, a family shindig or a, a party? Oh, fake excuse where you just could not be bothered going. So you got your wife to go in your oh. place and make up a fake excuse why you didn't go. You've put me on the spot and I can't think of an excuse, but I do remember one time where I just told them flat out no without bothering with an excuse. Because I not I don't like you. I, I never liked you. And the only reason I gave you that stupid card. <laughs> I'd not been invited to my own family's Christmas party until the night before that it was going to be on. Um, I got like I'd been forgotten about. They went, oh, uh, it's Christ- oh is Christmas that what it was? tomorrow. Yeah, forgot. it's our Christmas party tomorrow. Went, they forgot oh. to invite you to Christmas. Yeah, it's not my immediate family's like cousins and uncles and stuff. But they're like, yeah, it's, it's going to be tomorrow night. Um, this was over MSN well, Messenger. On Christmas? Yeah. No, no, not on Christmas Day. It was ah, like okay. a week before. But anyway. Oh, that makes sense. They're like, it's going to be tomorrow. I went, oh, okay, yeah, I'll come around. They're going, okay, cool. Um, it's uh, it's $10. I went, what? What? They're like, well, we're getting it catered. So, there's, there's $10. I'm like, you got a fucking cover, cover charge for my own family Christmas. I'm not coming to that. Wait a minute. So, they invite people to their house, but they're not going to cook anything. They were going... No, they, were, they just paid... Like, we got a relatively big family, granted. But yeah, they, they paid like a catering company to come in and do some roast meats. But it's fucking Christmas. I mean, if you if you're inviting people over, you put food on for them. You can't you can't make people pay for it. That's ridiculous. I know. Do you know? I know somebody who was borrowing money off of their family member, and their family member was going to charge them interest for borrowing money. Oh, that's tight. Oh, I know, right? Whew. Jeez. That, I just, <laughs> okay, listeners out there, not to derail the conversation too much, but if you know, and I love it whenever I hear stories like this, if you know of someone that's really, really tight, please send a message in. So, mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au with your best stories of absolute tight watery. <laughs> We'd love to hear them or read them out in the next show. Have you ever had an excuse yourself, just quickly? Like, did you ask me that question because you had a good example? I hadn't even thought about it, but it's usually, like you said, I hate it when you get invited to things last minute. And you just really can't be bothered going. So now I quite often just use editing as an excuse. I yeah. use this podcast. This yeah, podcast that's is really good. good. Yes, yeah. I'm just like, oh, we, there's people out there. Like, we have thousands of people now that they're waiting for the show. It's got to be up on the Thursday night because we I'd put it up Thursday night in Australian time. 
And my mum and dad will text me on Thursday afternoon saying, do you want to come over for dinner? And I'm like, I know you're my mum and dad, <laughs> but I don't want to. <laughs> I can't be bothered. So I'll just use this as an excuse. But quite often though, I'll use it as an excuse and I will be sitting here editing. I think I've said on this podcast before that I have missed uh, parties before because I just wanted to watch Superman on DVD again. That's perfectly understandable. Where I was like, oh, I've got 20 minutes to kill. I'll watch until Krypton blows up. And then it blew up and I was like, geez, I really want to watch the rest of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like that with E.T. I'm like, I just want to see when it gets abandoned on Earth. It's like five yeah. minutes. And I'm like, yeah, it's a good movie. I can't I'm believe to stay here. I can't believe I'm the one who's about to say this, but we're off track. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. So, as we said, Homer has decided he's not going to go to uh, Flanders Barbecue. He stays at home. Then and then he s- spells the food. His nose gets the better of him. Yes. I really liked it. You can talk about, you know, a new batch of animators, but I liked the animation of this. It might have been a little bit rough around the edges, but I love the, like Santa's little helper at the window so and the then Homer the at dog. the next yeah. window. Yeah. What it really reminded me of was Chippendale's Rescue Rangers when the big guy would smell cheese and then just float off after it. How good is barbecue smell though, by the way? Oh, it's the best. There's no better smell. So you can completely understand why Homer would go there. After he's really petty, I love him on the couch. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. like talking about dying because he's going to go a few hours without food. Stupid Flanders. Go ahead, Marge. Have a ball. What if they came back and I was dead from not eating? They cried their eyes out. We should have never gone to the Flanders. Oh, why did we go to the Flanders house and leave Homer all alone with no food? And I'd be laughing. Laughing from my grave. <laughs> what I did like though is when he goes to the barbecue and he's just taking all the food, he's sitting by the tree, not even like interacting with any of the people, they're not socializing, yep. and he starts in- uh, interfering in the chase again. Grabs a good like five hamburgers. But wouldn't you though? Yeah. <laughs> five hamburgers, half a six pack, and then just sits off at the end of the uh, yard. But yeah, like I love how. Um, Shows what's his, his mentality. What's his line? Hey, no tag backs? Something yeah, along yeah, those no lines? no tag backs. And yeah. then she says something and he laughs at her joke. Yeah. It just shows he's got the mentality of a child. Yeah. So then Flanders makes the announcement that he's opening the leftorium. And I did like here that when he asked for Homer's suggestion, because everyone claps and whatnot. Yeah. Homer says, first thing, sounds like a dumb idea. Which it kind of does. Yeah. And at least Homer's being honest about it. That's one good trait of Homer is he just says what he thinks. Yeah. And then, of course, Moore brings over the wishbone and Homer wishes that Flanders would fail. Well, <laughs> wishes that he would die. Mm, too far. I was going to say, but it gets to the point where it says R.O.P. And you're like, oh, really? And then they make the joke, oh, too far. Yeah. Like, yeah, that is a bit too far. And then Homer laughing with the mouthful. I did love the animation here when he's laughing. And just Maud's like, <gasps> puts her, like, her hand over his, over her mouth. And mm. her and Flanders like, sort of walk away slowly, just getting away from Homer because he's just this evil laugh full of food. Yeah. And then he chokes on his own food, obviously. Yeah. I didn't like, though, that he changed colour. From red to purple. I don't think Matt Groening would have liked that either. Yeah, that, that is one of those things that he would be like, mm, too cartoon. Yeah, it's sort of like um, was it Homer's Night Out when Bart turns green. Yeah. With the octopus, yeah, that kind of thing. So then we cut back and Marge thinks that Bart needs exercise. Well, Marge basically gives a speech to all of the parents watching The Simpsons. Like that's, you know, not a very thin, well, it's a very thin, thinly veiled slap at everyone going there are millions of children right now watching tv that should be doing something better it's actually quite funny how they spin it around so she's saying that tv is worthless you shouldn't be sitting around watching tv mm. he sees the ad for the springfield karate with akira and then he says i want to do karate and then homer says the whole see marge you knock tv and then it helped you out i think you owe somebody a little apology i did like the commercial though for the karate place where he breaks wood over his head hello i am akira that didn't hurt very much because I know the ancient art of karate. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was great. Uh, so then we get to the left torium, not doing so well on its opening day. I'm assuming it's the day it opened. Mm. Uh, a woman breaks a mug when she's looking and Flanders yep. doesn't charge. Yep. As we said, they're starting to show the nice side of Flanders now. Nice to a fault. Yeah, nice to a fault, but it's just that's not good business. That is no. very bad for business. Someone breaks shit in your store. Someone breaks a mug, you charge it. them double. <laughs> yeah, you don't let them leave if they paid double. Comic um, book guy would have. He would have. Comic book. Um, that was a priceless mug <laughs> signed by Michelangelo. It was worth three hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> Michelangelo three fifty. Four hundred. Final offer. <laughs> and Bart is uh, not enjoying karate, so he goes to play arcade games and he plays Touch of Death. And when I saw that, I thought, Ah, oh, the Touch of Death episode. Because even when he was playing karate, when he said he wants to do karate, I didn't click. It was the Touch of Death. Yeah. Right. It's the sound, isn't it? <laughs> now, I've tried that on my sister. Yeah. And it worked. Tried it on my I, dog. I didn't kill it, obviously, but she didn't like it and she would run away. I would say that I'm going to do it and she would do what I wanted to do. It reminds me of Crocodile Dundee when he when there's the cow in the middle of the road. Never seen it. Oh, really? What? what? I try to avoid movies that just portray Australians. Just lost all of our Australian listeners. Why? It's a fucking great film. 
Yeah, okay. Well, I've, I've, I've just never really bothered to watch it. I know there's been two of them, but I just put... Don't watch the second one. The second one's a pile of shit, but watch, watch the first one. I think I've seen clips of the second one on TV, and I was like, yeah, I'm glad I didn't watch these. Yeah, the second one's awful, but the first one's very, very good. Okay, so people like The Castle, though, and I'm not a big fan of The Castle, either. Well, it's a different style of comedy. Okay. Anyway, moving on, getting back so on So, beside track. the point, people who have seen it will be aware that The Touch of Death is very, very similar to the way he kind of tames a cow. Ah, okay then. So, he gets to the family dinner, and Homer's very, very jealous of Flanders, and he's just rubbing it in how the store's going very badly, and Lisa explains the whole shameful joy. What's the word for it? Schadenfreude. Yes. Apparently, that was became a thing after this episode came well, out. Well, I knew about it from Adam Hills. I didn't realise that it was also that I, you know, somehow, somewhere in the depths of my memory, I also knew about it from The Simpsons. Well, Adam Hills is a Simpsons fan, is he not? Or is that he Will is, Anderson? yeah. So, maybe he got it from The Simpsons. Hopefully. So, uh, Lisa's basically saying, look, you shouldn't be enjoying the fact that he's failing. You have no reason to enjoy it. Hmm. it. Regardless of whether he likes it or not, it's not nice to see somebody failing. I guess unless they're a bad person. What would it take for you to enjoy somebody failing? Besides being a Geelong oh, footballer. I was gonna, well, no, I was going <laughs> to say if they played for Fremantle, but you, stole, <laughs> you kind of stole my punchline. Uh, to enjoy... You know what? People that are really pompous and think that there's no chance in hell that they will ever fail... When I you, know it! When you watch... <laughs> <laughs> when you watch them fall, that's always kind of yeah, sweet. That is, yeah, that's true. But Flanders is not that. No. Flanders is really humble in this episode. And so throughout the entire thing, even when like he's sold his house, or he's been evicted from his house, he's still trying mm. to see the, the best of the situation. You know what Flanders is in this? is He's a, sh- he's a spider in a shower that you wouldn't f- like wash down. I don't wash spiders down anyway. Okay, well, I normally do. But every <laughs> now and then, I might see one person. that looks so pitiful and so small that I'm like, you know what? You know what, little guy? You get one more day. Yeah. If you're not here tomorrow, good on you. If I see them in the shower and they're really scrambling, I'm like, how can you How can you do it, man? You have to let them free. They're evil. They're <laughs> <laughs> not evil at all. Anyway, so this is where Bart uses the touch of death. I learned the touch of death. Ooh, the touch of death. Permit me to demonstrate. Lisa, shut your eyes. Soon you will be at peace. Hey, quit it, Bart. Quit it. Hey, quit it, quit it, quit it, quit it, Mom! Bart, don't use the touch of death on your sister. I also love that it's his first lesson, uh, yeah. and and ooh, they've the just gone straight to the touch of death. <laughs> like, well, imagine was, that. Ooh, the touch of death. <laughs> Karate, I've always found to be a little bit pretentious, just yeah. from the outside, having never participated. I've done Taekwondo, and the instructor was a dick. I've always looked at it of like, yeah, but you've got all like the noise and the heart and the kicking and that sort of stuff, but surely just one good punch to the nose, and that's the end of things. With the touch of death, though, I can just imagine that when they created that, Someone like Conan was in the room just going, like, and that, that's where they got the idea for it. Like, it wasn't in the original script. It was just someone fucking about in the writer's room. I'd love that if that was the case. And they just yeah. threw it in there. Yeah. Because how could you create that? You're right. That's That screams the sort of thing that you would either, like, it comes up spontaneously, or it might have even been a joke that someone had from six years ago that was rattling around in the yeah. back of their head and went, oh, you know, it'd be great. Let's throw this in. So then Bart almost gets caught skipping karate. He's playing arcade games and he has to race back and he walks out just in time for Homer to pick him up. Yep. And Homer starts rubbing into Flanders that, you know, business is still going really, really badly and Flanders still has hope, although deep down you can well, you can see that deep down he knows it's not going Word anymore. of mouth starting to spread. Yeah. And I hear you validate parking without purchase. Now, what does that mean? Because I'm not quite sure what validate parking means. Oh, so instead of having to pay for your parking on the exit. So like, a, a, not many places in Australia do this, but you go into a big shopping mall you get your parking ticket at the yeah, beginning. Yeah. If you buy something at a store, maybe it's over a certain value, then they'll stamp your parking ticket. So you get free parking by shopping there. Ah, oh, so incentive to go shop. Exactly. Okay. Whereas Ned is just doing it. So then it cuts to Homer at Moe's, and this is where Homer realises that he should start telling people about the left-handed sword, Leftorium, because Moe, we learn, is left-handed. Yeah. I've got a list of left-handed notables that I'll come to at the From end. From this episode? Yes. Okay, we'll do it at the end. That can be like a trivia question, maybe, because I didn't keep track of them all. Oh, thank God for that. <laughs> so then he just, like, Homer thinks, you can see Homer thinks about it for a second. Should I tell Moe? No, he decides not to, being a dick. And then it cuts to the scene that I had no idea was in this episode, but it's a very memorable one. That- Apple. Apple, apple, come on, candy bar. Hey, we know you. You're that first apple I didn't want. Dad thinks it. I'm really going to let him have it this time. No more apples in the vending machine, please. That's just one of those ones where I n- could never tell you what episode it was in, but I, it's hilarious. Yeah. It's just, and it's one of those things that was just thrown in there for the, the sake of getting Homer into You're the You're that apple office. I've seen before. Yeah. It's just to get Homer into the office, basically. It's not mm. even a thing. It's just this little scene. Anyway, so he writes in it, and I like to submit this joke. Keep that handsome owner out of sight. He's distracting the female employees. <laughs> Smithers. Got me, sir. 
one thing obviously I noticed here is that Burns, the running gag, doesn't know Homer's name. Yeah, and not only does it, you know, it's not just Simpson name, but he goes to the effort of introducing himself. himself yeah. Hello, Simpson, I'm Mr. Burns. Yeah. <laughs> and he has a cat. Oh, I didn't even notice the He's cat. stroking the white cat. Yeah, right. That's very uh, Blofeld from, the Sim- yes. uh, from um, Bond. James Bond. Yes. See, I know that much about Bond. Good. good. <laughs> At least you've got said, that I could have said it was like Dr. Evil. You could. Yeah. <laughs> then you wouldn't do this podcast Mr. anymore. Mr. Bigglesworth. And then he decides not to tell uh, Burns, because Burns is left-handed, doesn't tell Mr. Burns about the... What is Mr. Burns trying to do? He's trying to open a can of some trying sort. Trying to can open it, yeah. yeah. And doesn't tell him about the leftorium, and Flanders mm. is just begging, come on, Homer, tell them, and yeah. he just doesn't. That was, I liked that, actually. Like the, Even in his imagination, he's pleading. Well, Homer goes home, and he finds Flanders is selling everything just to make do, because he's put all his money into the leftorium, and it's just failing miserably yeah which any smart person would see would have happened anyway yeah and then homer he, he offers him 20 dollars for the barbecue this is the scene like i said where homer is at his absolute worst in the whole episode you know what was really telling for me in this particular moment is that homer still chooses to see ned's desperation in a garage sale as ned trying to rub in homer's face yeah how much he has like i i still as much as homer's being a dick and you know, the way he's like, mm, $20, take it or leave it. And nah, I don't want any more. You're going to have to throw all this that, stuff in as well. That was a dick move. Yeah. It was. But I st- like it, it's. I felt like Homer's still oblivious to just how bad things are. For Flanders, or oblivious to how bad he is? Not so much to how bad he is. I think he knows how bad he's been. But I don't think he knows the full consequences. I, like, like I said, he's genuinely seeing Ned's desperation as... A, an attempt to kind of beat his chest about here's all my stuff. It's you know it's it's just rubbish for me, but maybe you'll want it. Like you're not your life's not as good, so it might be okay for you. Like that's kind of the way Homer t- looks at it. Yeah, so he's like blinded by his own jealousy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's maybe like one of the only ways that he's a little bit forgivable in the way he acts. That's the excuse we use for Homer when he's um being dumb is that he's oblivious to how dumb he's being. Yeah. It's always the oblivious. Yeah, exactly. So in this, uh, like I said, I don't think he's being oblivious to how mean he's being. He's very deliberate about that, but he's oblivious to the full impact of it. The effects of it. Yeah. yeah. And then it cuts to school and the bullies have stolen Lisa's sacks. I did like how Dolph says, Hey, look at me. I'm Elvis, man. Remember at school when you just have those bullies and they're just fucking idiots. Yeah. But they're bigger than you, so you just do what they just say. Just kind of have to go with it. <laughs> I was always smaller. So anyway, Actually, so- if you're if you want like a go to really crowd pleasing joke, uh, and this will work, whenever there's like one really famous band playing, whatever it is. Coldplay. You, Coldplay will do. And you come out and say, Oh, ah, oh, yeah, uh what hang on, who's similar to Coldplay? You've thrown me on Coldplay. Just go, Oh, I love the Foo Fighters. Yeah. Like as soon as they start Instant laughs all the time. Really? Yeah. If you're listening to, say, Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody starts, mm, the Beatles, so good. That will, I guarantee if you say that seriously enough, people will laugh at it. Maybe not the same people all the time. Laugh at you or, because if someone said that to me, I'd go, are you fucking kidding me? Okay. Well, I would like to think that people, when I'm saying it, <laughs> know that I know enough about pop culture. I actually, it's funny that you say it because I do that when I'm at work. Because there's a guy at work that loves Pink Floyd. Whenever they come on the radio, I'll say, how good's Led Zeppelin? Yeah, there he, you go. But he freaks out about it. Huh. He gets really angry. He's like, this, is, this isn't Led Zeppelin. <laughs> okay, well, if that happens, then it's just funny for you. <laughs> yeah. I just love shit staring people. How great is it? So anyway, getting back to, so they've stolen Lisa's sacks and Lisa suggests that Bart should stick up for her because he knows the touch of death. Mm. And when he says that, you're like, you this know, my you brother and he knows karate. Karate. And that's part of the pretension about karate that I don't like. Because that kid at school that does know it is always like, well, I know karate. Yeah. And? He's still fat. (laughs) (laughs) There there was always a fat one. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was the fat kid. (laughs) (laughs) I did like here, though, it's very realistic in the sense that the younger sister always looks for her brother at school to stick up for her. Did your sister ever do that at school? No, I never went to the same school. It was too, too much of an age gap. Once my sister required me to stick up for her, and I look back now, and the way I reacted, probably not the best. A little overboard? Yeah. A bit of yelling. Bit of mm. threatening, mm. no physicality. We once threw someone over a fence. Yeah, that probably would have been nicer. It was like <laughs> it was like the Lion King. Like we just yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was, we banished him from the school lands <laughs> after he hit one of my mate's little sisters. Anyway, getting back on track. So Bart obviously can't do the touch of death. Knows zero karate because mm. he's been playing arcade machines. Tries to keep up the charade. Yeah, just thinks maybe I'll be able to bluff them out of it. And then it's, it reminded me of. Or it cuts to him hanging off the um the basketball mm. ring. And great line from Lisa. Yeah. It's funny how two wrongs sometimes make a right. How very similar is it to Bart the General, 
when he gets put into the trash can. Yeah. And he rolls up at home and then he coughs out the hat and Lisa says something to him. Remember that when Lisa's waiting for him at the front of the house? Yeah, but I think that's just Bart. You can't go on like this. Yeah, something like that. She does. But like, it's this kind of apathy that she has that I really yeah. enjoy. Like, there's not a whole lot of sympathy to what's going on to her little brother. Yeah. Uh, sorry, big brother. And in this instance, nor should there be. She realizes that he's lied the whole time. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, well. Uh, Had we, it coming. We actually forgot a scene, actually. Um, I've got to do the debt collector who comes to, although well, I think they're going to Flanders' house, but actually go to the Simpsons. Mm. Like, Homer immediately starts getting defensive. Yeah. And I'm here to ask you why you don't think you need to pay your bills. Oh, I know I need to pay them, but there's just so many. Does it make you feel good about yourself to owe people money? We've been very patient with you, Mr. Flanders. I know, but... Wait a minute. I'm Homer Simpson. Ned Flanders lives over there. Oh. Flanders isn't dead. Are you sure? <laughs> we don't make mistakes. And as you said, it's a key scene because Homer starts to realise, wait, Flanders is, like, like you said, he was oblivious. Wait, Flanders is in debt? Yeah. Like, how could you not have seen that? He was selling his shit for 20 bucks. Yeah. Well, he's an idiot. <laughs> yeah. But as you, just blinded by his own jealousy, as you mentioned. Yeah. Now, the next bit is Flanders basically packing up and about to drive he's off. He's been evicted. Yeah. It went to ship pretty quickly. Like, how did, how did he lose this much money in, like, the space of a few days? Well, that's true. That doesn't normally happen. But yeah, <laughs> I guess you need to condense things. Yes. Oh, we don't know what the time frame is, though, because Bart, you know, let's presume Bart's going to karate once a week, so maybe a few weeks have passed. Uh, You're still not going to get evicted within that time, but anyway. We'll give them a pass. What I liked is that Ned, even in this instance, refuses to get upset. Yeah. He's like the nice man from the bank who was only doing his job. Like, he just cannot see fault in anybody else, ever. Well, he feels sorry for his family because he feels like he's failed them. Yeah, of course. Well, he has. Well, well, yeah, because I say, which he actually has. Quit a good job. Started up a stupid, kooky idea. Did you know that he was a chemist? No, no, yeah, no. I think that's the only time that's ever referenced. Yeah, when he said that, I was like, oh. Yeah. If someone had asked me that question, and I would not have answered it. And it made me instantly think of all those great Breaking Bad memes where they have Ned as oh, Heisenberg. of course, yeah. yeah. That, it makes so much well, more sense. Exactly. Now. That's where Heisenberg was born. Yeah. <laughs> so, as we were saying, do you want to elaborate more on this scene? So, he's left the family behind in the car, and they're singing, as the Flanders do. Race guys are gonna clear up. Put on a happy face. Brush off the clouds and cheer up. Put on a happy face. What's that song called? I have no idea. But is it from... It's too cheery for me. Is it from... I know this movie, apparently the ending references It's a Wonderful yeah, Life. Yeah, the song's, the song's from got that, nothing okay. to do with that movie. But it's, it's just the Flanders kind of, you know, singing to get through a difficult situation. Yeah, yeah. We've got high hopes yeah. kind of thing. I like the... I got the joy, joy, it's joy, joy down in my heart. Where? <laughs> Anyway, anyway. <laughs> we've lost track again. So, this is where Homer sort of doesn't come clean, but he just says, oh, it's all my fault. And Homer just breaks down because yeah. they just embrace, don't Great they? Great joke here. He breaks down crying and he pulls out a Ned Flanders monogrammed hanky to wipe his eyes. Does he? <laughs> yeah. So, he even does stole too. his handkerchief. Yeah, I didn't even... Because I, I saw the symbol, but I didn't really pick up what it was. Yeah. Ah, that makes so much more sense to me. Yeah. That's great. That was really, really funny. Um, did you hear what the Leftorium was going to become? Oh, was it something about Shriners? Libertarian Party Headquarters. Okay. Something like that, apparently, anyway. Okay. Yeah, I was going to be more trivia questions, but then I didn't think about what I didn't... I was just going with my memory. I wasn't exactly sure whether I'm right or not. Yeah, so, I'm okay. like, I'm just going to mention it here and hope that I'm right. As opposed <laughs> to trying yeah, to no, that, that sounds pretty familiar. Yeah. So, as we said, they embrace. And it's one of the few times that we see Homer and Flanders genuinely enjoy each other, besides the episode Homer Loves Flanders. Yeah, of course. <laughs> It's all my fault. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, you tried to warn me about gambling my family's future on some big enough poke. I didn't listen. Over you were a true friend. Oh, I was just boy. <laughs> so Homer really wants to help Flanders here. And this is where the writers are hoping that all of the early setup of Homer being a jerk is going to pay off with Homer being nice at the end. They didn't need him to be so much of a jerk to make this pay off. Like, I feel like they... They, f- they must have felt like they really needed to make you not like Homer, but they didn't need to make him so much of a dick. They, no, I don't think they needed to push it as far they could as have, they, they did. They could have just made him oblivious. Didn't need to be rude to Flanders. Because he'd never been this outwardly rude to him before. No. He'd been competitive, but he'd never been such a prick. Yeah, just like, he'd considered the option of wishing he would die. Just to even think of that. Oh, we've know? all done that. Oh, you know, why are you still here? Yeah. <laughs> so then he calls Jerry. Now, I love this here. I've got here. Who is Jerry? And what was the loan he was paying back? Hello, Jerry. Homer Simpson. Remember last month when I paid back that loan? Well, now I need you to do a favor for me. I'd love to know who Jerry is. Yeah. And what was the loan for? What was the loan for? Yeah, I'd love to know the backstory of that. 
Yeah, I like. Yeah, it's, it's very true. Um, like it's just a random. Why couldn't they just hello Barney? Like why couldn't they thought it's Jerry? Who's Jerry? And how many people does Homer know in the same circle as Ned Flanders? Homer Simpson's on the phone. Tell him I went out. He needs you to help Ned Flanders. Ned Flanders is in trouble. And then Homer has everyone at Leftorium. I think Flanders has just gone to lock up the place. I guess or what's he? Just- yeah, well, he only had it for a couple of days. Did Homer say to be there in the morning? I don't remember, possibly, but uh, he was just, well, he's going back to the store regardless anyway, and he rocks up and the entire town are there waiting for him, they're all buying stuff, and this is sort of like the... This is the It's a Wonderful Life moment. Okay, so what, what I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life, so what's this, is this how the okay. movie ends? Like, uh, don't yeah, pretty much. Don't the movie, but it's just... No, well, basically what happens in It's a Wonderful Life, towards the end of the film, someone from George Bailey's, where it, like his family business is a building and loan, someone misplaces $8,500 or $8,000 or something like that. And this is like 1930s, so that's enough money. to cripple the bank. And I, he's being audited at the same time, so he thinks he's like going to go to jail. This is then when the angel comes down, shows him what life would have been like. Like He was going to go kill himself, and he thinks that his life is absolutely over. Angel shows him what life would have been like had he never existed. He then takes him back to the reality. George goes home. He's about to confess to everything, and then the whole town come together and start giving money to him. Like Word gets out over what's happened, so they all just pour in with whatever it is that they have. Like Some people are given a couple bucks. Someone gives a couple hundred. Then like a buddy comes in and gives him a couple thousand. Like it- 1930s version of Patreon. Or a, kick, or a Kickstarter campaign. Or a Kickstarter campaign, <laughs> except it's get him out of trouble. Is it similar to like the um, when the, the town give the Simpson family money when Bart burns down the Christmas tree and they say they've been mm, shit stolen? A little bit, but not quite the same. Okay. Anyway, I, I, I think it's the first time the towns all come together for a good cause. Yeah. It, it happens a few times in later episodes, but this is the first time I can remember anyway. I did notice Mr. Lombardo was in the store. Yeah, I noticed that as well. I think he's become one of my favourite characters because I forgot how great he was. Well, as a kid, I never realised how great he was and I really mm. appreciate him now. I also noticed that the, the evil dog trainer was there as well. I, I didn't spot her. She was right okay. next to Lombardo. Yeah. Okay. You were too busy looking at his gorgeous eyes, I'm assuming. I, I was. That is fabulous beard. Yes. Um, and then the crowd sings, I've just called it Put On A Happy Face Song. Yeah, okay. Will that do? That'll do for now. If anyone knows what the answer is, it's like what that song is actually called. Mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. I mean, we could Google it, but it's kind of hot and I can't really be bothered. Yes, well, there's a few references to the movie apparently to what Flanders and Maud are wearing is apparently the same or what the character is. Yeah, Yeah. very similar to what uh, Jimmy Stewart and uh, Jimmy Stewart's wife. I have no idea what the actress is. I think this episode was meant to be the finale of season two as well. Certainly meant to be a part of season two. It would have been... It would have been... I think this would have been a better ending than Stark raving dad. I think this, the ending would have left the season on a good note. So, final thoughts on the episode. I've got it. It's a really touching ending. It's the only ending really that was possible for this story. But, you know, eh. Yeah, look, it was just okay. It, it wasn't hilarious. It, it's, it's got nice moments and a few nice lines, but not a huge amount. I mean, we've probably gone off topic more than we have in any review for a long time and it's just because there wasn't as much to talk about in this particular episode to really like delve out of what happens in the show there's not as much that I could add to so apologies for that listeners yeah apologies for that we uh, had a review through recently that uh, gave us a four star review as opposed to five oh. loved the show only reason he's giving a four star review is because we occasionally talk about some boring stories unacceptable apologies Apologies, you're not going to have liked this one. But hey, if you're still listening now, know that I'm aware of of what you've said. We've taken note. Yeah, exactly. I haven't changed, but I've <laughs> but I've listened. Hey, how are your wrists after the ordeal? Oh no, they're healing up nicely. The bandages come off in around about three days, which is good. <laughs> uh, no more one star reviews, please, because it is bad for me. Yeah, Mitch does take it too hard. <laughs> I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I've just um, thought of an idea. Or thought of a concept. This would have made a really good uh, Christmas episode. It would have, yeah. With the ending. Yeah, it would have been a really nice Christmas episode. And I mean, it, which again would fit in with "It's a Wonderful Life" because it would have made sense to open. This makes sense to open a business around about Christmas time because people are spending money. Yeah, retail crazy time. This would be one that would be good to see reanimated, given the glitches. Yeah, they should do that. My notable left-handed people throughout the episode. So there's Mo, Mr. Burns, the debt collector. Well, that was what I learned. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry. Ruin that for you. Yeah, you have ruined for me. Thanks, Mitch. So that's got, right. Well, that, that's what I've learned from this episode, everybody. Yep. Uh, the deck collector, Mr. Hutt's Princess Cashmere is left-handed. Now, are they all necessarily left-handed, though? Because they What else are they doing there? Just supporting the lovable man that is Ned Flanders. I think that if they're in the store, they're probably left-handed. Well, what possible reason would Princess Cashmere have to even know who Ned Flanders is? What is good old Bible-bashing, church-going Ned Flanders doing hanging out with a belly dancer? No, because, see, Homer paid her money and Homer's night out, so she's doing him a favour. Oh, maybe. <laughs> Cowboy Bob, 
Yeah. Uh, Akira, the karate instructor. Akira, uh, Akira sorry. Uh, Wiggum, Apu, Marvin Munro. These guys are all in the store. We know they're not left-handed. I've seen Apu do shit with his right hand. When he makes a squishy, he uses his right hand. Yeah, but he's maybe he's just ambidextrous on the squishy machine. Ah, okay, possibly. Okay, well, anyway, there were other, other people in the store, but apparently I'm not allowed to say that they're all left-handed. They've just all gone and decided to shop for something that they can never, ever use. Wouldn't you, though? No. But Ned Flanders is in trouble. Well, I don't care. Ned Flanders shouldn't have opened a stupid business. I can't say, say all the names. Go on, say them all. Who else were there? I didn't bother to look at who it was. No, well, uh, Krabappel and Skinner were both in there as okay, well. Okay, yeah. There were a couple others that I missed. I was trying to write them all down as I, as fast as I could. There was shitloads in there. I'm yeah. sure I'm, I did say uh, Dr. Hibbert in there and he had like white skin. Oh. It, it wasn't black, black. It was like a really pale. So I'm assuming that's an animation okay. glitch. Yep. What did we learn, Palmer? What did you learn from this episode, Mitch? Wishes can come true. They can. Nice one. No matter how dark or evil <laughs> the wish may be. Alrighty, so now it's time for some trivia. Now, do you have some questions for me? I've got two for you this week. Okay, two. Well, I've only got one, so hit me with your first one. Alrighty, please. which three writers... Ah, oh, that was going to be mine. Ah, appear on the CFL draft list. Uh, well, there's Jay Kogan. Wally. Pardon? Wally Wolarski. Wally. Wolarski. Okay, yep. Look, Jay's the only one that I actually know by name. You don't know Swartzwater? Oh, Schwarzwalder in there as well. Yeah, there's three of them. Okay, I didn't realise that John was in there. <laughs> well, my other question was, uh, what store is next door to Akira's Karate School? I did pay attention to this and it's just gone from my memory. No, nothing. Shakespeare's Fried Chicken. Ah, yeah, of course. Jamail! Jamail is here! Ooh! Okay, so it's time for the mailbag, but before then, we need to thank a couple of people for their donations this week. If you'd like to donate to the show, just go to fourfingerdiscount.com.au forward slash donate. Really appreciate all the support. This week, we want to thank Michael Nugent and Susie Pline. Thank you very much, guys. Always, always very well appreciated. Yes, Susie, one of the originals. One of the originals, still one of the best. What do we call our fans? What are, what are their names? We never really settled on this, did we? We never really thought of anything, did we? Fingerers. Susie, one of the original fingers. One of the original fingers. <laughs> Alrighty, so it's time to get into the mailbag. Old fingerer from way back. As you said, we don't have any shout outs this week because, because basically we were swamped with photos and messages and I'm sorry, I just couldn't get to them all. Yeah, so send them again to uh, mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com today if you want a shout out of some sort. Yeah, so send through, you know, how do you listen to the show? Where do you listen to the show? Uh, what's, the, what's your favourite thing about Dando and I? What are some interesting dreams that you've had featuring us perhaps? What are the three items of clothing that we own that you would like us to send with our sweat? And I do sweat a lot, so it'd be well worth the money. These are the sorts of messages that I want to be getting through. I'm fairly sure we've written back to a lot of the, or most of, if not all, the messages we've received on Facebook. Vast majority of them. Yeah. We, yeah. If we see a message, we try our best to write back. Yeah. yeah. And up until this week, we were very, very good at it. <laughs> now it's just out the door. So what are the mailbag questions for this one? All right. Mike Nugent, one of the donors, has also sent through. He actually sent this around uh, about a week ago. So hi, guys. Big fan of the show. I was wondering, do you guys have or remember the Simpsons clear cold? from the early 90s. When I was younger in Newcastle, it could only be purchased at a kiosk near the beach, uh, thus making the beach more than just a place where dirt meets water. I, for some reason, think I can remember Simpsons icy poles that were flavoured but they were clear. Okay, so it might have been from a similar line. Like Super Dupers. Yeah. But they were all clear but they f- taste like blueberry and whatnot. And I remember, I, I don't know whether it was, the, it, um, for some reason I think it was the Simpsons, but I remember tasting it thinking, how is this possibly blueberry? Yeah, yeah, right. Well, how does this taste like bubblegum? It's white. Like, it's clear. Yeah. What I do definitely remember in regards to merchandise for Simpsons, in regards to food or drinks or whatnot, was Nutella. Yeah. Because I've still got some of the glasses. And I think you can still do it with, like, Toy Story or Disney characters. But basically, back in the 90s, uh, you could buy Nutella. Once you finish eating the Nutella, I didn't eat it, but I used to buy it for the glasses. Yep. Um, I just My mates would come over and eat the Nutella. You wash the glass and you can keep it as a drinking glass. Nutella parties. Yes, Kids exactly. Kids get silly on Nutella. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember, personally, the clear cola drinks. I do remember Schweppes. I'm sure it was Schweppes that did um, a range of clear soft drinks, though, in different colours. And okay. I, I vividly remember an ad. It must have been on Home Alone tape that I used to have where I'd taped it from TV. Uh, and, like, you know, everyone had ordered drinks. No one was sure what it was. The waiter had to keep sampling all the drinks to figure out which flavour was which. So I'm not sure if maybe The Simpsons did a cross-promotion on that or if it was a separate brand that was branded by those guys. But if you're listening out there and you're aware of either these or any other Simpsons-related food and or beverages that were, you know, marketed and maybe only for a short period of time, maybe you really wanted some and you were never able to find them and maybe you want to know if you can find them again. Uh, we had a listener a while ago send through a commemorative can of Billy Beer. Yeah. So if there's anything like that that you know of, 
send it through to the mailbag. Do you know what I found in my parents' garage on the weekend? Um, porn. A pack of Sandboy chips. Sandboys? Yeah. Ah, oh, hit me with the Sandboy chip. I oh, know, right? Another one of the greatest campaigns of all time in Australia. And it was one of the ones where- Aggressive you, chips. Where you got the, the sachet inside and you shake it up. Oh, flavor bombs. Yes. Yeah, right. It was a flavor bomb Sandboys packet. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> I didn't eat it. Uh, <laughs> Mike goes on to accuse me of stealing from the old radio show, Get This. Um, or it's more, well, you do. How much would you say your show was influenced by Tony Martin's old radio show, Get This? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, as I said to him, and I'll say to anyone else, anything that I've borrowed or stolen has mostly been unintentional. It's just that, you know, when you're getting into something, you kind of follow and are influenced by the people that you look up to. I think people who know that you're referencing that show appreciate that you're referencing it. I think anyone that loved Get This just likes hearing little bits and pieces of it in their yeah. day-to-day life. Yeah, They like the fact that people that they're listening to know the show as well. Yeah. Okay, the second question comes from Ben Sandwich. Great name. What? That's not a name. Open-faced club. Must be a fake. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here's one. What reference do you make that your wives do not like, yet you keep on doing? Go with yours first. Uh, From Lisa versus Malibu Stacey, whenever I see Ash walking around the house... Hey, Jiggles, why don't you shake that thing on over here or whatever the... I forget the exact quote, but... She doesn't like that? Do you ever know a wife that's happy to be referred to as Jiggles? Hey, Nicola. (laughs) (laughs) Mine is, see, Nicola's forever telling me to pick my clothes up off the floor. Are they clothes on the floor here? No, this is one of the rare occasions. Mm. I get home from work, my work shirt goes in the hallway floor, my work pants go on the <laughs> boys' room floor, my socks go in the kitchen, Jet usually takes them into his little bed area. Mm. Your underwear goes into the post to whichever listener has written in. I leave the underwear on for the rest of the week. Like, okay. it's, I just, what's the point in changing your underwear? Well, you shower with it on. Exactly, so that, yeah. Exactly. So, Nicola is always telling me to pick up my clothes and I remember... I've said it to her a couple of times and I think it was like the second or third time I said it to her, she says, if you say that again, and I was like, okay, it's kind of like the, the look that Ash gives you. Yeah, yeah. And it was the, look, Nick, if something's too hard, then it's not worth doing. And I got the look as you were referencing <laughs> and I didn't say it again. Anyone else out there tormenting their wives? through? I want to hear more stories about how you guys reference The Simpsons in your day-to-day life. Is there something you do that Ash really hates that you continue to do even though like and you know, just you know, breathe <laughs> just exist <laughs> but see I don't deliberately throw my clothes on the floor I just subconsciously do it yeah and I can't help myself I'm bad at leaving bottle caps if I you fucking aren't I say this every time <laughs> <laughs> that's why I bought cans this time <laughs> I can't help myself I sit them down with the best of intentions and it just never happens Jet would always come up to me after you'd left with a fucking bottle cap in his mouth <laughs> I'm sorry put a bin in here <laughs> you need a bin uh, okay, so from Ben Sandwich, we move over to Ben Wilson. Ben Wilson is a name that I can agree with. Yes. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Hey, just like we're on the Rager. Yes. Uh, what he would like to know, um, a few people have asked if we could be any Simpsons character, which one would you be? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what I actually answered when I was saying that. I think that. I said Millhouse. Yeah, okay. I think you might have got, yeah. Um, I can't remember why I want to be Millhouse. Why would you want to be Millhouse? I guess I he's... Know. I'd like to be Bumblebee, man. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, I mean, it would be fun. I like to be crafty. Just li- not giving a fuck about anybody and just living the high yeah, life. Yeah, just smoking dollar bills. Or Freddie Quimby. Which one, though, would you not want to be? Absolutely not. If you were going to be reincarnated, who would be the worst person to come back as? Mo. He's got a shit life and he's always depressed. Uh, see, I'd like to be Mo. Why? Because he's always depressed. <laughs> How is that a good thing? <laughs> I think that there's kind of a romantic beauty in pessimism. I think it's the case of with Mo though. It's well, this is it for me. But he 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 wants that was a good impersonation. He wants success, and when he gets a little taste of it, he, he just fucks gets it up. shit on. It's always his own fault too, and he doesn't mean to. He just always fucks it up. What happened with Uncle Mo's? He lost the plot. He yelled at the little girl because ah, her teeth yeah, hurt. Yeah, that's right. Your teeth hurt. Yeah, your teeth hurt. <laughs> so that's what happened to Uncle Mo's. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Um, <laughs> I just like the rage. Uh, (laughs) If it was me, who would I absolutely not want to be in the Simpsons universe? Uh, It's got to be Ralph Wiggum for me. Because if I didn't have my intelligence... But he's never had it, so he doesn't know any different. Yeah, yeah, okay, so I'm assuming that... Okay, then that's fair. I I made that decision on the assumption that I woke up tomorrow and was Ralph, but remembered being me. Okay, so if it was someone and I was completely oblivious to what had come and gone beforehand, Frank Grimes. Because that dude had a fucked life. Yeah, he never had a break ever. No. Oh, grimy. Uh, <laughs> as he likes to be called. <laughs> Alrighty, so 
Now, you wanted to bring up some things before we left tonight. Yeah, I do. movies and TV shows. I do. Movies and TV shows. And again, I know that this episode, so much of this episode has been about nothing to do with when Flanders failed. But that's really because if we sat down and just did a a hard, cold review of this, the podcast would have gone for 15 minutes. This is called When Four Finger Discount Failed. (laughs) We needed to, we we just needed a pad this episode. That's, That's all there is to it. I was watching, this is off the back of something that I was watching over the weekend. and it, Well, two things that I've watched recently. So, one of them was the movie The Dressmaker with Kate Winslet. Now, I'm going to spoil The Dressmaker uh, for people because I don't feel very attached to The Dressmaker. But I was also watching a TV show where something happened. Now, so spoilerific is this story. I'm not even going to tell you what TV show it was because I don't want it to be ruined for anyone. It, it's better if you experience it live. But basically, Are they going to be able to work it out? No. Okay. So, all it is is... Well, firstly, about what happened in The Dressmaker. I'll tell that first, and then the TV show. The Dressmaker is about Kate Winslet, who returns to this, in the middle of nowhere, Australian town. It's got about, like, it feels like it has 50 people living in it. It's just, like, 1950 Dust Bowl town. It's one street, and that's all there is. Anyway, so she has this backstory. The whole town hates her because they think that she killed a boy when she was a young girl. Okay. Okay. Except for Liam Hemsworth, who... No matter how much I know Liam Hemsworth is just being Liam Hemsworth, I can't help but look at him and think, stop trying to look so much like Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. <laughs> Every time he smiles, I'm like, it's just a Chris Hemsworth, yeah. Chris Hemsworth <laughs> smile. I know it's his, but I don't care. Um, so, Liam is like, you know, this knockabout, captain of the footy team type guy. Um, okay. and how old is this movie, by the way? Oh, it came out late last year. Okay, so it's recent. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, he kind of, he falls for her. They're going to get married and, and all sorts of stuff. Everything starts to go very, very well. And then he suddenly fucking dies. In the middle of nothing, they're sitting on top of this silo that's on his property, and like it's established early in the movie that, that him and the boys would jump into the silo at night when it's all dark, and you know you'd land on top of the wheat, and there'd be rats and, or mice and stuff down there, and it, it was like a dare to see if you would lay down in all of the mice without your shirt on. So they're up on the top of this silo. Uh, Kate Winslet thinks that she's cursed, and Hemsworth to try and cheer her up is like say that you're not cursed or I'm jumping in. And she's like, no, don't. What if it's empty? He's like, no, it's not empty. There was a delivery today. Um, he looks down and you see the mice running around on the top again. And she's kind of ums and ahs. He's like, all right, well, that's it. And then he jumps in. And she kind of stops and thinks, and she's sort of laughing a little bit. She's like, all right, all right, I'm not cursed. And then she calls out to him, nothing. She calls out again, nothing. She gets a torch. She puts that in there. She calls out, nothing. She gets more and more frantic calling out to him. Turns out that it wasn't wheat inside the silo. It was like sawdust. So instead of landing on top of it, he just fell straight into the middle of it, suffocates, dies. It oh, wow. It happened at a point in the movie where I was like, I understand where this movie's going. It's going to be a nice little uplifting tale where she falls in love and everything's okay. But no, they just killed him. And I really liked him. So he was like the main protagonist. <laughs> or one of. Uh, the love interest of the protagonist. He was the love interest. Yeah. That, yeah. Love interest of the protagonist. And... And I liked him. I, f- I was falling for it. I was like, all right, movie, it's a chick flick type thing, but you go with it. Now, while part of me also went, hey, shit, that's kind of a cool decision. You know, now I'm interested to see where it goes from here. Part of me was also like, you sons of bitches. You've just, with no, there was no goodbye. I had no chance to grieve. He yeah. was just gone. <laughs> you know what it was for me, in a similar sense of someone dying? When they killed Darth Maul halfway through Phantom Menace. Oh, okay, yep. I went to Phantom Menace scene to see Darth Maul. This badass fucking villain with a double-edged fucking lightsaber and they just killed him off like it was nothing. Yeah. I'm like, you what? You can't do that. You've got to give me a sense of justice over the death. It was just, okay, yeah, one battle, cut in half, gone. Mm. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And the one where... So, the TV show is something that I've seen a little bit more of than Ash has, but I've gone back and I'm watching through with her and there's a moment where there's a particular character is in danger. Like, it feels like someone sets him up for a fall. And Ash liked this character. Like, he's been set up as this really sweet, loyal, nice guy. And when she sees what's about to happen, she's like, you don't let anything happen to that character. I swear to God. She's like, she was throwing a couch around the lounge room. She's like, how dare you? No, he's so nice. I can't can't watch this. I'm like, bub, 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 calm down. Nothing happens to him. Yet. He does get killed in the next episode. Yeah. And I was like, it's the same thing that, you know, in a different way. They've spent so long making you like this person and they've done nothing wrong and then they get killed. That's the thing with TV nowadays. They feel like you watch a show and no one's safe. Mm. I don't know whether it's a good or a bad thing. It depends on the show. Like The Walking Dead, I think that's actually a good thing and it really works for it. But yeah, like it, it makes it hard to trust when anyone could die at any given moment. So I want, again, listeners, call out, what are some shows that have betrayed you and betrayed your trust. Like, um, I was trying to think of others. I reckon 
phenomenon. A movie that has a great ending that we've mentioned before is The Mist. Yeah. That, that's, that, that, you don't think it's going to be a happy ending, but it's just the irony. I of could see ending. how some people would take that as a betrayal. I thought that that was actually forgive- Perfect. Like, penance. That's <laughs> it, was, it was them apologizing to me for the last hour <laughs> and 55 minutes. But anyway, yeah. So send your answers to uh, mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Yeah. I'd also like to hear about your favorite deaths in movies because sometimes. And TV shows. Yeah, and TV shows. Sometimes a death is the perfect thing. And you know my favorite death of all time, any medium. Actually, you know what? Try and guess is what it is. Gonna, is this going to be a big spoiler? Oh, uh, yeah, but from a show that was 15 years old. So, yeah, take it or leave it. Favorite death from a TV show? Yeah. The West Wing? No. Sliders? It's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite show intro of all time. Yeah. No, The Wire, Omar. Do you know, I was at work today thinking about The Wire and I'm like, I really wish I didn't kill Omar because I was thinking about how Stringer Bell. Oh, yeah. for those of you that watch The Wire, we're spoiling it for you, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happens with Stringer Bell? Mm. I did not see that coming at yeah, all. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I could see Omar coming. It was inevitable. Yeah, but not the way that it happened. It was just so out of nowhere. Like you yeah, see, I remember how it happened now. Because they're building yeah. up this big street war between two opposite guys. We won't say how it happened, but yeah, it was just so uneventful, no, wasn't it? Look, if you plan on watching The Wire, don't listen to this. But if you don't, I'm going to tell you what happens because it's fucking cool. So, it's, yeah, Omar versus, uh, oh shit, what's the other guy's name? The other drug lord. Sons of M. Let me Google it. So, you continue talking. Talk about the drug lord. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, basically there's just been sort of like, well, Omar's kind of antagonizing him a little bit. But that his drug crew is trying to kill Omar. Omar's just fighting back against him. I think he robs him. I think that's where the whole thing started from. He does, yeah, Omar yeah. ripped him off and then he starts Omar coming, coming. Omar coming. Omar through five seasons of The Wire is this badass soul, like lone wolf that yeah. everyone's terrified of. He's just untouchable and does whatever he wants. Well, he had people working for him. They all got fucked up. Yeah. But then... And as I said, so there's all this stuff back and forth and then there's this brutal chase and, like, you know, he's nearly killed in a, a, a gunfight in an apartment and then he nearly kills some of them. And then the way he dies, and this is why I love The Wire so much because whenever you think that they're going to do something that's, like, formula, they just go the opposite way and they just make it yeah. like life. He's just in a fucking convenience store and you just off camera, the poof, shot, like, gunshot to the head, dead, Camera pans down, and there's just a fucking random 10-year-old kid. No one. For, just for nothing. Nobody at all. Wasn't a hit. No, it wasn't a hit. Wasn't paid. Wasn't put up to it. Not involved in any way, shape, or form. Just a random act of violence that killed one of the main characters and robbed you of what would have been the cinematic climax. And I love that. Marlo. Marlo, thank you. Yeah. One thing I remember iconic from The Wire was when the guy beats that kid's dad to death. Oh, yeah, man. Holy rough. shit, man. Yeah. It's just... He just keeps going. That's as violent as anything you'll ever see. Oh, man. Just the blood coming And again, up. because it's gritty, real... Like, it's all filmed in just this insanely real style. I think The Wire every is punch. the best show of all time. TV show. For me, it is. It's just I cannot possibly top it. Other shows... Have got more action. Other shows have got more crazy plot twists and storylines. Just the realism to it, yeah. You know? And it's just obviously season two a bit uneventful, a bit off tra- off track. It does set up some things that happen later in the f- uh, future episodes. Introduces the Russians and all that sort of thing. Yeah, but as an overall complete show, only five seasons. It's just fucking. It's perfect. And you love every character. Yes, and there are like forty five characters. The cast is enormous, but everyone matters. Yeah, everyone no, is there for a reason. No one is wasted. It's it's just perfect. Even like the kids that are doing like the drug dealing and stuff. Yeah, every single one of them has a story and a backstory, and is, and they're all doing stuff when they're not on camera. Like their yeah. lives are all continuing. It's the most fleshed out city that and and characterscape that has ever been created for television. I feel like The Wire was probably the first show where. Sub sub characters got an entire episode dedicated to them. Yeah, well, I didn't even mention the main cast. I, it was like, just all about them. I don't think that without shows like The Wire, that shows like Breaking Bad or could Walking have ever Dead. existed, or Walking Dead. But shows where shows that weren't afraid to take their time over an hour yeah. and not worry about we need it's a cop show. We need three explosions and five shootouts every ten minutes. Like to just go, no, nah, fuck it. We're going to spend 60 hours telling our story. Yeah. And that's it. From start to finish, you're going to look back at it and go, that was fantastic. But if you pick any one episode in the middle of a season, you're not going to have much to watch. You can tell The Wire wasn't a show where, okay, this is successful. Let's have another season. And then they had to write it then. It was, this is the story, five seasons, let's tell it. Yeah. They might have had to have fleshed out a few things, filled a few gaps, but they had the overall story in mind. Yeah. And just, yeah, The Wire... Great way to end the podcast. Puts me in a good mood. I want to go back and watch The Wire now. <laughs> and you walk through the garden. I just, Sorry. Oh, just everything about The Wire is so cool, man. 
It is. I, I love that theme song. Yeah, I know. And it's got different theme songs every season. Yeah. Anyway, so was that oh, it was something else you wanted to mention? You're going to save it to the end of the show. A story of some sort it was, I think it was. Hmm. We'll have to tell it in the next podcast because we can't <laughs> We'll remember. have to go back and listen to the beginning of this <laughs> yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, so we'll tell it on next week's podcast. It's a tease for next week's podcast. Also, next week we're going to be reviewing Bart the Murderer, which I'm really, really looking forward to. I love all of the stuff with the Mafia and Fat Tony and all that sort of thing. Hey, don't have a cow is in the thoid race. Or is it the fourth? Is it in the fourth race? I said the thoid. I can't remember too much about this episode. Is this the one where Bart goes on patrol with the police and nearly gets run no. over? No. This is the one where Bart is late for school. He uh, misses an excursion. He's licking stamps with Skinner. Oh, yeah. He then goes to skateboard home. Skateboard crashes. He ends up in the mafia. Oh, yeah. Skinner. Don't is tell me too much. Not, I can't remember. Stuck I'd rather not. I can't remember. Thing. Yeah. It's got the. Um, I mean, any Simpsons fan that's ever gone to a cocktail bar is like, hey. Make legs of Manhattan. Mm, exactly, yeah. I remember that scene. And Bart's actually really good at making martinis. And yeah, he is. Yeah. And then he can't do it. And then the mafia boss comes back. And then they try to make one on his own. It's like, <laughs> one of my favorite lines about, it, it, like, again, if you ever get a cocktail. What have I done to deserve such a flat, flavorless Manhattan? Have you ever said it to somebody that made you one? Uh, I've said it to people that made me martinis. Like, it doesn't matter <laughs> what it is. I'll just say that line. You should, like, say that to someone that makes you a flatbread. <laughs> What have I done to deserve such a flat, flavourless bread? Well, you asked for it. <laughs> that was your fault. You asked for flat bread. Anyway, thanks for listening to our review of When Flanders Failed. Uh, as we said, not a very eventful episode. I wonder whether this podcast was very eventful. I'm, I'm, I think we did okay, fleshing it out, filling the gaps. I, look, I hope you guys enjoyed it. As with all of them, I hope you guys enjoyed it. We're just here trying to do our best. Yes, so thanks for listening, guys. Hope you appreciated this episode, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Shh.